my North Star metric at Celtics is to improve retention and customer happiness. So all of those activities are geared towards that. Welcome to the Hyper Engage podcast. We are so happy to have you along our journey. Here, we uncover bits of knowledge from some of the greatest minds in tech. We unearth the hows, whys, and whats that drive the tech of today. Welcome to the movement. Hey, greetings, everybody. This is Adil from Hyper Engage Podcast. We are joined with uh, Taylor uh, Kenderson as a co-host from New Jersey and uh, a special guest uh, from Montreal, Canada. And uh, Ashley Sams, thank you very much uh, for taking the time today. And uh, it was really nice uh, having you on today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Cool. So just so you, everybody knows, uh, she's serving as a VP of customer success at, at Celtic, uh, which is a SaaS platform for storytellers and uh, creative teams that help them with script writing, help them with video production and all to one solution. So uh, looking at the solution, looking at the platform, it seems pretty uh, interesting and we'd love to jump in deep into the feature set and their internal processes before we we uh, you know ask him uh, sorry Ashley about what are, what is uh, the main uh, motivation behind joining the customer facing role and uh, looking at yourself uh, serving in the fintech industry that's a big change as as a technology as well so I would love for our audience to know uh, how did that transformed over the years absolutely so. I had my very first customer facing role outside of tech and it was as a bakery assistant at Panera Bread, which is a really popular chain in the United States. Uh, But after I graduated from high school and started in college, I decided that I needed to step it up a little bit. Um, I found my way over to Copenhagen, Denmark, which has a very active startup scene and I presented something that was somewhat unique as a native American English speaker. And the company that I was working for, Falcon IO at the time, really wanted to tap into that market. So I got my start in customer success specifically as an onboarding specialist. And they used my voice for a webinar that they wanted to get started as a part of their first engagement with North American audiences. Um, I think that something that made me gravitate towards customer success and stay in customer success over the years has been, it, it just feels like such a natural fit. I like to consider myself a bit of a people person. I know that that's so cliche, but it truly is the case for me. Um, I thrive when I'm around others and I thrive on conversation. I thrive on having really great discussions. And that's something that takes place every single day in customer success. So why not stick with it? Cool. And, and on, on your, on your journey, Ashley, how did, your your thinking evolved and like while you were in customer success with you know Panera Bread starting at Panera Bread to like where you are now are is customer success different based on the industry and are there some similarities as you go on 100% and I think that that's the case because the title customer success is one that is still no more than 15 years old at this point in time. 
And I think that as the practice has evolved, it started to take different shapes depending on the industry, depending on, um, depending on the business model as well. I do think that customer success it has almost been synonymous with SaaS for the last 12, 10 or 12 years. But I believe that customer success has started to really branch beyond SaaS and you can find customer success in every business in some way, shape or form. Um, and I'm very happy to see that customer success managers traditionally over the last, I suppose, three or four years or so, they've made the LinkedIn, you know, highest, uh, highest or maybe fastest growing in demand positions as well. That's no coincidence either. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you had a touch of experience uh, at Clio as well back in 2017, uh, about five years back. Could you tell us more at that time? Now they're, uh, you know, pretty going smooth on the, on the growth stage. And they recently raised, uh, you know, $200 million uh, as Series C. So at that point, could you tell us more about what was your, because that was your first experience. So what was your thought process back then? What kind of challenges you faced and what was your role and how you evolved with it uh, during your stay at Prio? Absolutely. So I'll tell you first that Plio was the position that I took after I had my first child and I was coming straight off of maternity leave and finishing a master's thesis in global healthcare systems of all things, really far removed from customer success. Um, but what attracted me to the Plio role was very similar to what happened at Falcon. They wanted to branch into a new market. In this case, the UK market. And I came in despite not being from the UK, but I do consider myself to be fairly proficient at English. Um, and that was something that got me in the door. It was really wonderful because working at Plio at that point in time, we're talking about a 30 person team. And at that point, there were only two others in customer success, wonderful Danish uh, talents and mostly support oriented. So when I came in, I was expected to provide that injection of customer success, best practices, and eventually scaling the operation. Though my time at Plio was short, it was quite fruitful for both me personally and for Plio overall, because we were able to tap effectively into the UK market. I was in London, you know, beating the streets, going from uh, financial institution to financial institution, customer after customer, just trying to get Plio in the door with Plio cards in my backpack or my briefcase. Um, and to see it now grow to a company of over 900 people, and they have dominated the Swedish and, and I believe German markets, in addition to what they've done in Denmark and the UK, it's amazing. And I did mention that the Copenhagen startup circle is quite small. The two co-founders I consider to be amazing people and I've had brunch with them and I know their kids and they know mine. Uh, so, you know, being able to continue that has been amazing. I'm definitely looking for them to be more and more successful over time. Loved it. Loved it. Because having a customer experience, like having a customer oriented approach towards different region like UK, Europe, gives you uh, a touch, like a lot of diversity and you become like more uh, proficient in, in building relationships and understanding the nature of different cultures, 
you know, and different regions and even people at at, at, at points. So how did that help uh, while you joined Celtics? You know, your diversity, you've been working uh, with people uh, and customers in, in the fintech space at Denmark and then UK, traveling around and, you know, going door to door walkway, uh, you know, that that was quite interesting. So how did that help as you as a person to develop as a, as a customer facing uh, leader? Absolutely. I'd say that really the only commonality between each of the companies where I've joined as a customer success talent has been that there's been a customer success in my job title. You know, I've jumped from industry to industry, social media management in the case of Falcon to FinTech at Plio, game engine technology at Unity, and now at Celtics with script writing and narrative storytelling through digital tools. You know, what has really helped me has been my ability to adapt customer success to whichever industry that I've worked with. I do find that um, the recipe for success there has been understanding that customer success has to take a different shape and a different form, depending on the product, depending on the audience, depending on the people that you hire to power each of these teams. And I do consider myself to be a global customer success leader. Because when I was at Unity Technologies, for example, I was the only customer success team member in the Copenhagen office. I had a team that was reporting to me out of Pereira, Colombia, Brighton, UK, and Montreal, Quebec, Canada at the same time. So I've, I've worked with people all over. Wow. And and just to dive into uh, your your journey as a, a CS leader a little bit, can you like take us on what a day to day looks like for you? Like, what do you do throughout your day as, you know, the VP of, of CS? Each day looks different, but the way that I like to start it is pretty consistent. I start it by saying good morning to my team on Slack. I know that there are so many people who have gone remote. Um, as a result of COVID, Celtics has always been remote friendly, but because of COVID, we are almost remote first for a lot of our new hires, myself included. Slack is really a part of that core ecosystem and making sure that we can still keep that, you know, morning coffee or water cooler conversation is the first thing that we do. Um, besides connecting with my team in that way, it's looking into how we're performing. So we attempt to be data-driven as much as possible. I want to look at how many new customers we've acquired, what type of contraction we've experienced since the previous day, um, if our renewal forecast has changed in any way, and also make sure that I check my inbox to see if any customer support escalations have come in to my view. Um, I try to make sure that each day I'm connecting with the team. So there's some form of a standup or there's forms of one-on-ones with my leads who actually manage the individual contributors in the organization. And there's lots and lots of time to go into Gong and actually listen to recordings of each of the team's engagements with customers where I'm trying to find if there are certain um, key words that I should be paying attention to that are coming up in the conversation, understanding what our customers are talking about, how they're reacting to the discussions that we're leading with them. I really try to make sure that I'm tapped into all of that from day to day. My North Star 
my North Star metric at Celtics is to improve retention and customer happiness. So all of those activities are geared towards that. Loved it, loved it. So let us uh, go deep into uh, what kind of systems you have incorporated in order to make it a success, like net revenue retention and uh, you know uh, working on retention and adoption of during the customer journey. So uh, your customer success team, what kind of technology they are always looking up to in order to get the right data, in order to get the right information to be able to build uh, a better engagement points or touch points with your team, okay. uh, with so, your customers, I'm sorry. Uh, of course, so I must say that Caltech's uses a mixture of homegrown tools that we've built internally, and we use some third-party uh, sources. Salesforce is our primary CRM. Most customer success engagement for Caltech's uses HubSpot, which is a marketing automation tool, simply because of the sheer volume of our customer base. Celtics has an all-time global active user count of over 6 million users. So we're very different from a traditional B2B yeah. business. Um, and that means that the tools that we use are built for scale. Um, we're also in the process of putting in place a customer success platform. I'm going to keep the name Hush Hush for now because they have to prove mm -hmm. it after we onboard but you know once we bring that on board it will help us centralize customer success operations as well okay cool so you're looking uh looking to onboard a dedicated customer success platform real soon you're working on that so well, what made you do that like did you can you just showcase some of the challenges you might face or that tool can overcome once you onboard? absolutely so you know caltics has been running as a business for over two decades at that at this point in time which is amazing and that means that the amount of data that we collect is vast being able to harness that data and truly make it actionable is the first thing that we expect a customer success platform to help us achieve um, taking action within that platform as well will be the second use case for us um, I think that customer success platforms come into play for Celtics at this point in time because we have an established user base. And what's really on our minds is to grow that user base, leveraging technology. Exactly. And scalable processes that can, uh, you know, streamline your entire day to day activities of your uh, customer success team that you can save more time and serve more customers in the most uh, uh, amicable way. Uh, to achieve retention and, you know, uh, all the success metrics you have. So uh, could you tell us a bit about your cust average customer journey? Like, let's talk about segmentation. Um, you have customers in the small to midsize. You have customers in the enterprise as well. So can you break those down uh, into the journeys and uh, their, their entire cycle of the customer for your, uh, for your CS team? Sure. Celtics has a primarily self-serve business to consumer segment. It drives the majority of our revenue. That would mostly consist of very small businesses, but we do have a managed customer segment that has a bit more of a traditional business-to-business -business cohort. Um, in terms of our engagement, we are digitally led for the self-serve audience, and we also have a full support 24-7 um, email-based uh, handling of those customers. And then for our managed customers, that's where they do have a dedicated customer success manager and an account manager who are responsible for seeing that they are successful with the product. 
And, cool. and, and onto that point, how, because you have so much, you know, data coming in prior to, you know, the CS platform coming into play, how did the team know what to take action on and what were priority items to follow through with? How were you managing all of that? Full transparency, it wasn't really managed. And that's mm -hmm. what we attempt to, that's what we're attempting to put into place. Um, it's the age old story, you know, we want to be proactive instead of reactive. And I hate to say it in that way, but in Celtic's case, it is 100% the first thing that we are attempting to change um, through putting in place a risk monitoring system standard health scores that allow us to know if someone goes into the at-risk cohort, place them into a certain engagement flow. If someone in the inverse is rapidly adopting or they are adding team members, potentially placing them into a flow that will turn them into more of an advocate for Celtics and grow us through their own customer advocacy and word of mouth. Okay, that's interesting. So that that actually also make me think that uh, your what kind of metrics you have for your paying customers? Like, of course, you can set up automation, you can set up seltzer models, just like uh, Slack and you know Notion and all these tools uh, in the last five years that have actually really skyrocketed their uh, their customer success. So at this point, for the for the customers, you have dedicated customer success managers what kind of uh, technologies they are looking up to in order to get the right data and how they identify risk and, uh, you know, health of the customer during like an onboarding and then adoption and then making sure uh, it's been retained and everything. So that journey, do you have any uh, standardized metrics or any kind of indicators pretty much set up in Salesforce and then they trigger down uh, to the tools uh, for, for your CS teams? So in terms of being able to create alerts today, those don't exist. We're working on it though, uh, but we have a very robust internal product activity and support activity tracker and each customer success manager has access to those tools. So for their respective accounts, when they're prepping for an engagement, they're able to understand what a customer has been doing in the platform. We don't have access to a customer's content, but we understand if they're using certain features and where we see that they are, it's an indication of health. Where we see that they are not, it's an indication of risk. Okay, so you're further going to break it down to specific usage metrics to you know, better uh, forecast the customer journey by using third-party tools like the one you mentioned that you're going to have a dedicated tool that will serve the same purpose that basically is gonna serve, uh, but as per my understanding, your most critical uh, portion of your customer journey would be adoption. You know, the, the better you are able to adopt your customer, better they're uh, going to retain and expand. And for that, you need to make sure you have uh, product use, you, your team is absolutely sitting on, on the product usage at all time and understanding it and making engagements and, uh, you know, measuring the, the, uh, the adoption stage. So that is why you're probably uh, trying to incorporate a, a CS-centric tool uh, to give you that data that drives action uh, ahead of time. Absolutely. And we can't ignore the fact that Celtics, like Unity, we are serving creatives. And that means that we are only going to be as successful as someone who is actively using the tool. That's why adoption mm -hmm. is really the name of the game. Yes, absolutely.
Okay, so now how big is your team right now and uh, what kind of roles? It's so much diverse and just like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> of course, so we have a team that consists of eight really talented individuals. We're split about halfway down the middle versus support versus success management. And the three disciplines that are currently in our organization are support, success management, and account management. Wow, so and account management. I'm sorry, go ahead, Taylor. Yeah, I just wanna, for you know, someone that's looking to get into CS and like join the CS team, um, you've obviously done lots of hiring and work with a lot of you know, different diverse teams. In your opinion, what are some like key characteristics or traits uh, for successful uh, CS managers that come into this space? Maybe they don't have the experience, but they have you know these specific traits that allow them to flourish. What what are you like? What are some commonalities in that? And then what is something that you would recommend to someone that is looking to join into you know the CS space? Great question, Titter. That's a great question. And I would also say that the first thing that I do when I'm interviewing someone is I pay attention to the questions that they're asking. That ability to ask the right questions is something that I really look for when hiring a new customer success manager. I want to confirm that they are able to profile and reprofile as required to make sure that we're always in tune with what the customer needs and what they really want. Um, beyond that, I look for someone who is able to adapt to whatever the team dynamic is, and it's not necessarily fitting in, but it's offering the ability to work with, work well with others. Um, and for us, that means not being cut from the same cloth necessarily, but being able to build relationships effectively internally and externally with the customers as required. That, that's a really key thing too that you, you just mentioned. It's um, you know being a team player and stuff, it's less about quote unquote fitting in and just going along with the flow and a lot more so on you know, how you are blending in with the team while still holding your uniqueness and your own perspectives and still bringing in your, you know, your thoughts and your thinking to move the team forward. And it's less to do with, you know, the individual and more to do with like, you're joining something bigger than yourself. How are you able to move that along and see it less as, you know, a you thing and more as a team thing? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, why we are why we're asking so many questions because you have worked hands-on with teams and you have actually built teams from scratch for businesses that are now pretty bigger and you gives you've done the same with Celtics. So I mean we have recruiters that are listening to this. We have uh, you know people individuals that are customer success leaders and they are trying to uh, get their uh, top talent uh, for their businesses. Just like you know we met people from Tango, we met people from these uh, SaaS businesses that are very big and they're growing their customer success team, they're having some challenges. So uh, having your notes, having your input, your experience will definitely help them in some way that they can you know, get, get to the right people uh, at, at, at some, some point when they need. So at this point, what, what is uh, you know, towards uh, team growth? Like how you're growing a team, thinking of next one year, uh, anybody listening to this, any uh and if one from our audience that wants to join your team they can contact you so what is your uh, uh what is your plan for the next one year as 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 the growth of the team 
Where I would be looking to hire are individuals who come with industry knowledge specific to Celtic's core audience. And what's on the horizon for us are game studios. So if there's someone out there who has um, a really great understanding of what the game development process looks like, and they can think of how Celtics can fit into it, then I need to talk with them. But even if you Mm -hmm. don't come from that background necessarily, I truly believe that if you are an effective customer success talent, then you should be able to adapt. And I want to talk to you. Uh, I Mm -hmm. do not come from the media and entertainment industry in terms of academic discipline, but I have been able to, I think, uh, exercise a good amount of impact at Celtic. Yes, absolutely. That I know, that I know. Definitely. So, uh, you know, everybody listening to this, uh, you know, you can reach uh, Ashley out on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, she can uh, share uh, her calendar. You guys can meet if you think that there's something you guys can contribute towards all Catholics is trying to accomplish. Uh, and also taking notes from all the experience that she has, like the worst experience. Here, it's, I, I would suggest that it's worth a, worth a conversation with her. And uh, I'm telling this to all young folks, like I'm sitting here in the Pakistan and Asia, right across China. She's in New Jersey. We have more than 120 million people under, under the age of 32. And uh, most of them, they have just recently graduated and they're so interested in joining uh, customer facing roles and learning about SaaS and you know tech driven uh, you know customer experiences and all that. So wonderful it was real nice uh, talking to you and uh, you know i really appreciate that you took the time and uh, you know have yourself featured here and uh, then our team will have some content to write about you and create stories so people can listen and improve in any little or uh, bigger way that we, we as a team as a family can help them uh, achieve their goals thank you so much it has been a pleasure and I am down to talk customer success with whoever reaches out to me. So do not be shy. Hit my DMs, everyone. Loved it. Thank you so much, Ashley. We so appreciate you. You were you dropped a lot of little, uh, not little, but large nuggets and insights. And we super, super grateful and appreciative for that. So thank you so much. You have a great day. We'll talk soon. Peace. Thank you so very much for staying with us on the episode. Please share your feedback at adil at hyperengage.io. We definitely need it. Uh, We will see you next time with another guest on the stage with some concrete tips on how to operate better as a customer success leader and how you can empower engagements with some building some meaningful relationships. We qualify people for the episode just to make sure we bring the value to the listeners. Do reach us out if you want to refer any CS leader. Until next time. Goodbye and have a good rest of your day.